Clay came out with a study that showed what happens when you reflect emotions called ethic yeah. labeling. And fundamentally, it's, it's the, this is all about learning how to listen to emotions. Mm-hmm. You, you, you learn how to listen to your own emotions and then learn how to listen to the emotions of other people. Mm-hmm. And when you can start to do that, you can begin, you begin, you get the discernment. And mm-hmm. that's the biggest problem that highly sensitive people have is it's very difficult sometimes for them to discern. Is this my emotion or is this somebody else's? They'll walk into a store and all of us feel great. And then in the store, they'll be feeling anxious and angry and upset and crazy and sad and grief-stricken. And they're just picking up on all these emotions in the store. Mm-hmm. And, and and they can't discern. It's hard for them to discern. This is somebody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we teach is how to how to discern. How do you how do you know if this is your emotion or somebody else's emotion? Yeah. And and once you've ma- you master that by labeling the emotion. I'm feeling anxious right now. And then you ask the question, is this mine or somebody else's? You're listening to the On Call Empath Show. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the On Call Empath. I'm your host, Raj Mataj. All you empaths, I have a very exciting episode for you guys. I hope you're tuning in. Um, I actually have a guest by the name of Doug Knoll. He is a award-winning author, speaker, trainer, and uh, after 22 years uh, as a trial lawyer, he's actually now dedicating his, his life to helping uh, highly sensitive people master their gifts, becoming empowered empaths, and uh he does have a pretty good background of, you know, uh, California Magazine Lawyer of the Year, you know, Purpose Prize Fellow, you know, Best Lawyer in America of the Year. So he's got a pretty nice background. So I welcome you to the show. How you doing, Doug? I'm doing great, Raj. How are you? Not too bad. Not too good. bad. Very impressive background. <laughs> um, well, thank you. Yeah. And so I see that you also like, are you still like flying aircrafts and helicopters? Yeah, I've still got my airplane. I got my airplane. (laughs) I don't have flown helicopters in a while, but I got my airplane and (laughs) I still, I play jazz and blues violin. I, I find lots of ways to keep myself off the street. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so as you know, like, you know, a lot of people are tuning in with all of the empaths, especially with so much going on with the pandemic and people are stuck in their home. Um, I know that you have some good background and deep knowledge of, of human conflict and emotions, which, you know, a lot of them pass do struggle with and highly sensitive people. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, how did you kind of get into, you know, all this in the first place? So I, um, in the mid 1980s, I took up the martial arts and, Mm -hmm. uh, as for a variety of reasons and, by the early 1990s, I had earned my second degree black belt. And my nice. teacher called me in and said, you're done here. You're too violent. You're too aggressive. You're too much of a lawyer asshole. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> a lawyer <laughs> asshole. <laughs> Which was true. I have to say he was right. right. Uh, he said, go learn Tai Chi and don't come right. back and tell you master Tai Chi. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a death sentence because you never master Tai Chi. But I did start studying Tai Chi, and Tai Chi has two really interesting paradoxes. The first is the softer you are, the stronger you are. Mm-hmm. And the second is the more vulnerable you are, or the more the more vulnerable you are, the more powerful you are. So soft to be strong, vulnerable to be powerful. Mm-hmm. I did not compute. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> but I kept studying and practicing, and eventually it did compute until one day I was in a courtroom 
uh, cross-examining somebody in a trial, and the thought came to me, what the heck am I doing in here? So I took off after that trial on vacation for a 10-day whitewater trip up in Idaho. And Mm -hmm. during that trip, I really reflected on my 20 years plus years as a trial lawyer and decided that, you know, this is really not my calling anymore. But I didn't know what I was going to do. So when I came back from the trip, I live in the central Sierra Nevada, and I was driving down out of the mountains to my office, and I heard a public service announcement for a new master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies being offered at the at at the Mennonite University, which is located in Fresno, California, Fresno Pacific. Mm -hmm. And and ultimately, I signed up. I I applied and got accepted and started working on my master's degree in my late 40s. And it completely changed my life. Uh, Mm -hmm. I learned about human conflict. I, Mm -hmm. through my self-study, I introduced myself to neuroscience. I was got, was fortunately tutored by a neuroscientist Mm -hmm. at Caltech University in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. where I'm from originally, and um, left the practice of law in 2000 to become a peacemaker and a full-time neutral. Mm-hmm. And in 2004, I had a really difficult mediation, and I didn't know what to do. I had people who were severe, highly emotional, mm-hmm. screaming at each other, and all the things that I'd learned, nothing worked. And the thought came to me, listen to their emotions. And so I had them just listen to each other's emotions and reflect back those emotions. And mm-hmm. what was amazing was that in, after 45 minutes of doing this, they settled their conflict. They'd spent $50,000 over an $18,000 problem, right? <laughs> Typical. <laughs> they'd settled their case and they were a divorced couple and they walked out holding hands and went out and had lunch with each other. And 45, an hour before they would have, if I, they had knives, there'd be blood on the floor. Oh my gosh. And I was just stunned at what I had done. And what had happened. So I started studying that. And in 2007, a couple of years later, Matthew Lieberman, uh, a neuroscientist at UCLA, came out with a study that showed what happens when you reflect somebody back to somebody, when you reflect emotions. It's called affect labeling. And fundamentally, it's it's the this is all about learning how to listen to emotions. Mm -hmm. You 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 learn how to listen to your own emotions and then learn how to listen to the emotions of other people. Mm -hmm. And when you can start to do that. You can begin, you begin, you get the discernment. And that's the biggest problem that highly sensitive people have is it's very difficult sometimes for them to discern, is this my emotion or is this somebody else's? They'll walk into a store and all of us feel great. And then in the store, they'll be feeling anxious and angry and upset and crazy and sad and grief stricken. And they're just picking up on all these emotions in the store mm-hmm. and, and, and they can't discern. It's hard for them to discern. This is somebody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we teach is how to how to discern. How do you how do you know if this is your emotion or somebody else's emotion? Yeah. And and once you've ma- you master that by labeling the emotion, I'm feeling anxious right now. And then you ask the question, is this mine or somebody else's? And he, right. your brain will tell you immediately, this is not mine. Fine, then I can ignore it. This is not right. my emotion. This is somebody else's emotion. You can actually affect label them without right. them. Oh, this person's really angry or anxious or whatever it is. And right. it completely calms it calms your own brain down completely. And there's all kinds of science around why this happens. Then once we start learning about how to discern emotions and what emotion the difference between affect and emotions and what emotions are and what they aren't, we learn discernment, we learn how to label emotions, and then we start learning all the different tools about how to take your empathic sensitivity and and get it under control so that it serves you as opposed to cursing you with sensitivity that drives you out of your out of your mind because right. you don't know where all this stuff comes from. 
Yeah. So that's the short story. Cool. <laughs> well, definitely, you you definitely have a wealth of knowledge. You go from a science background, which I like. That's why I kind of wanted to get you on the show because there's most of them are empaths, but we have highly sensitive people, trauma victims. We all have prob- right. problems like kind of that's right. That's right. Kind of, uh, you know, communicating uh, with people without taking offense. But in your opinion, that's right. um, how are empaths created and how are their brains like different than normal people? Let's just start with that and see what, what you say. So I think empaths are created a couple of different ways. One, I think it can be genetic. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that 20 to 25 percent of the human population have empathic sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And about eight, and the and the balance say seventy five percent can learn to be empathic, and I teach those people how to be empathic. Mm-hmm. And, and then we got five percent of the pe- people who who have no emotion whatsoever, and they they've got all kinds of problems: <laughs> sociopaths, psychopaths. Oh yeah, you know people that suffer from Asperger's or autism. And I want to make it very clear: the people who have Asperger's and autism have nothing to do with. Uh, sociopathy mm. or psychopathy. It's a completely different thing. And people have gotten really crazed about mm-hmm. this. And uh, those people, they just suffer from a brain condition mm-hmm. and on a continuum. So for the for the 20 to 25% that are empathic, I think it comes from a couple of different things. One, of course, it, it's just how your brain was formed, what kind of genes you have. Mm-hmm. Two, as you mentioned before, a very large number of, of empathically sensitive people suffered from deep emotional trauma as children. Mm-hmm. And it drove them to their self-protective mechanism was to be super attuned to the emotions of people around them. Mm-hmm. And what's really going on is they have, you know, we've got, we've got in our brains, we have all kinds, we've developed these filters that keep out information. The empathically sensitive person has not developed those or developed different kinds of filters that let in more information mm-hmm. than a non-sensitive person would necessarily permit. And, and, and that can be caused by trauma. It can be caused by, uh, it, it can also be caused by just plain genetics, how we're made up. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's where it comes from. And, you know, people who are highly sensitive, it's a continuum. Mm-hmm. Some people, some people are super sensitive, mm. you know, and other people are sensitive, but it's it's not quite as debilitating. Mm-hmm. So it's just a range, and and the key key here is that it, this is all it, this is physiologically determined, mm-hmm. and and some of it is some of it is by upbringing, you know, some of it is by genetics, mm-hmm. and some of it's a combination of both. Right, and it's just the way we are. And, and the thing that's crazy is that is that people who are non impasse, especially people in the psychologists and therapists and counselors who are not impasse, don't get this. They don't. They do not get yeah. it. Yeah. And and so you you can go to therapists and complain about it. And they're <laughs> going to look at you like you're crazy. Yeah, and that's what I get from a lot of the listeners. You have to go to somebody that's uh, that's familiar with this, understands the science, the background, like you do, but. That's it's right. really tough, like just randomly walking up to a therapist or <laughs> and saying, hey, this is what's going right. on. They're going to treat you exactly how they treat somebody that's non-empathic. Um, so that kind of leads me to the next question is, I mean, you know, obviously empaths brains are different, like you said, but are the, some of the skills that we have, like uh, communications and dealing with everyday life, we have, I mean, especially not for all empaths, everyone's different. But in your opinion, what is right. the number one skill that every 
uh, empath that you come across should master, and especially with, with your experience, what, what would you say that it is? Right. The number one foundational skill is the skill known as affect labeling. Mm-hmm. Affect, A-F-F-E-C-T, labeling, L-A-B-E-L-I-N-G. And what is that? That's a, that's a technical word, exactly. <laughs> it's learning how to pay attention to emotions and reflect them back out loud verbally. And you can either self-affect label, so you're labeling your own emotions, or you can do a third-party affect label where you're reflecting the emotions of another person. And it would be really helpful if, as a highly sensitive person, you had somebody in your life who knew how to do this to affect label you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the reason is that our emotional centers of the brain are – not well connected to our prefrontal cortex. There's the intermediate, the intermediate, the intermediary is what's known as the medial prefrontal cortex, mm-hmm. medial, medial lateral prefrontal cortex. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and our executive function is in the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. They're they're adjacent to each other and they're connected, but not very well. So that we have we can have an emotional experience, and if it's intense enough, it will literally shut down our prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that our prefrontal cortex is in charge of of, of labeling and categorizing and granularizing mm-hmm. our emotional experience. Otherwise, we just have affect. We're just feeling all this stuff in us, and we can't even call it an emotion because it's 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 just a, just this physiological state of being really mm-hmm. unpleasant. the The idea is that when we learn how to label emotions, mm-hmm. what Lieberman's study showed in two thousand seven is that the prefrontal cortex goes immediately online, and the emotional centers become inhibited they deactivate and it have their antagonists mm-hmm. so as what and it goes both ways when the emotional centers come online the prefrontal cortex shuts mm-hmm. off that's when we have tough experiences when we affect label the prefrontal cortex comes online and the emotional centers of the brain quiet down and all of a sudden we can function again i call this when we're doing affect labeling i say we're lending our prefrontal cortex mm-hmm. to the upset person to the emotional person and the other thing I talk about is I talk about we're listening other people into existence. When I listen to your emotions, Baraj, yeah, you, know, you're, you feel deeply, deeply validated and heard and yes, understood. Yes, and that's very, very soothing. And it's a, it's a tremendous gift, and you can give the gift to yourself, mm-hmm. and you can give the gift to other people. Right. Um, and so let me let me just let's just give a demonstration of what it sounds like. So tell me a quick story. Of something that's happened to you in the last couple of days, it has just a little bit of emotionality, and the, so the listeners can hear what this sounds like and what it look, what it feels like. So, tell me a quick story. Okay, uh, just you know, going to the, going out in public, especially during this pandemic, you know, you got to wear masks, and it's kind of uh, inconvenience and. So yeah, yeah, it's, you're yeah, you're stressed and anxious about going out in public, and you have to wear this mask, and it's inconvenient, and uncomfortable, and it's kind of pissing you off a little uh, yeah. bit. But you know, there's not there's nothing you can do about it, so it's just frustrating, right. and and you know, and it's really pissing you off when you see people who aren't paying attention and aren't wearing masks, and it's a little sad, and you're feeling you know you're feeling alone and abandoned. Mm-hmm. Because there's nobody around to support you during this this whole pandemic thing. And what you just did, I want to point out to the listeners out there that are listening. Do you see how Doug is actually putting himself in like my shoes? Like that's what as an empath, like I really need that. And I think a lot of empaths that are out there, like you said, you know, they might have people around them that's not supportive that may not know how to do that. And and what you just did made me feel very validated. So. That's right. And so, so tell people, yeah, tell people how, how you experienced that. 
What was your experience as I was just validating your emotion? I felt like I was being heard and then you value, valued um, what I was saying. You were listening and not just kind of blowing me off and just telling me something canned. And so I would just kind of just accept it. But yeah, you, you validated it and repeated what I asked. And you notice how you relaxed. Yes. But see, in real life, let's say I'm at a, you know, dealing with someone at a grocery store or, you know, in, in a job, most people are not going to do that. I, that's what I- that's correct. So the, so then you, <laughs> so here's how you would do it to yourself. So I'm going to be Raj for a second. Right. Oh, this pandemic, man, this pandemic, I feel really anxious. Mm-hmm. I feel, I feel this is really inconvenient. It's really an annoyance and irritation to have to wear a mask. And it really pisses me off mm-hmm. that other people out there aren't wearing masks and I'm really anxious because I don't know when it's going to go be a, go away. And it's making me sad because I can't connect with people and I feel abandoned and all alone. Mm-hmm. You say that to yourself. Right. Self-love. And you'll get, yeah. this, you'll get this self. It's self it is self-love. It's a form of self-love, mm-hmm. but it's really self-affect labeling. Mm-hmm. And you'll get the same effect once you learn how to do it. Now, that comes with practice. Obviously, I know I've talked to a lot of empaths out there. They have one of their hardest or one of the biggest things that they complain is, is talk that self talk that you're talking about. Like there's a self negative talk that kind of overrides. Them. Yes. So that's if you could right. talk about that and how to override that to do what you just said. Okay. So self, that negative self talk is really destructive mm-hmm. and everybody has it here. By the way, before I get into how do we fix it? When you start affect labeling, the self talk goes away. Mm-hmm. I used to have, I used to have self talk. Uh, and it was fairly negative, <laughs> even as successful as I, I am. But normal, when I began yeah. to affect, yeah. But once I don't, I, I, when I'm, I sit in silence. Mm-hmm. I don't have a voice in my head anymore. Mm-hmm. And everybody that I've taught this says the same thing. That voice goes away. So, how do you how do you overcome that? Well, we we we're, we're habituated to a certain way of being, so we're habituated to self talk. Mm-hmm. We are not habituated to listening to emotions or reflecting them back. We need support in that. And and so you need some, you're going to need some coaching. Not a lot, but you need some help. You need a, a, so every week for 6 weeks you commit yourself to spending an hour with a coach who will help you mm-hmm. learn uh, do this practice. And it's it's a little more difficult now because of COVID because we're not out in the world as much. Mm-hmm. But you can still do it. Uh, for example, here's an, here's here's a good way to practice. Um so you want, let's say you're watching a movie or maybe you pick a movie or maybe you go to YouTube and get a, a film trailer or a, a, you know, a three or four minute clip of a movie scene mm-hmm. that's got some emotion in it. Turn, turn off the volume, mm-hmm. assuming that you're not, uh, you're not, assuming that you can, your hearing is okay. If you're hearing impaired, then there's a different technique mm-hmm. to use. But if you're, but let's just say you've got normal hearing, you want, you don't want to listen to the words. You don't want to listen to the voice. And all you do is watch the video clip. Mm-hmm. And label the emotions that you see as they come up. Just with the hands and the gestures? and Just with a, it's, it's going to be mostly facial expression. Okay. Uh, but you're right. Body language, facial expression, mm-hmm. and just label the emotions. And then go back and replay the clip. Turn the volume up. Now, instead of, don't focus on the words. Ignore the words. Ignore the dialogue. You're going to be listening to the tone of voice, the pacing of the voice, tonality, speed, all that stuff. You, but you're ignoring the words. Mm-hmm. And again... Write down on a piece of paper all the emotions that you're hearing. Mm-hmm. And if you do this two or three times a week for five minutes, you'll really start to build up this skill. Mm-hmm. It'll really happen fast because all you got to do is pay attention to what you're hearing. You're pay, paying attention to different information mm-hmm. than what you would normally pay attention to. 
you're paying attention to the emotional data fields, not the verbal data fields. Okay. And when you start paying attention to the emotional data fields and then start labeling what you're hearing, your brain is going to reprogram itself. I see. And all of a sudden, after some practice, two or three or four weeks of practice, all of a sudden you'll start to see some really dramatic shifts. In your opinion, I mean, I know you've, you have a lot of clients, empaths and stuff. So there is definitely ways to get somebody from, you know, where they're coming to you, where they're just having a lot of problems with communications and, and all that. Can you walk me through like just what someone could do right now? Like that's listening to transfer their life into like a grace and ease, like sort of just. Yes. Here's the three steps. So step number one is when you are, um, you, you want to li- learn how to listen to emotions. Mm-hmm. And the way you're going to do that is, is if you're listening, it's easier to start with somebody else's emotions. So the first thing you're going to do is ignore the words. That's step number mm-hmm. one. The words mean nothing to you. And you're only going to ignore them for about 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to say anything important in 90 seconds that's going to be earth shattering if you forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? It's just not going to be important. So for 90 seconds, you're going to ignore their words. I know we were all taught to listen to words when we were little kids, but you just have to, that, that's an old norm. We, for this purpose, we just have to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to read the emotions. And here's the really cool thing about reading the emotions is our brains are hardwired to do this. Mm-hmm. And for emotion, emotionally sensitive, empathically sensitive people, their brains are even better at mm-hmm. it because they've got, they've got more sensitivity. So all you have to do is just sit in silence and wait for the emotions to pop into your consciousness. Right. And just be paying it to be pay attention to it and right. say, oh, anger. Oh, frustration. Oh, anxiety. Oh. And there are only 12 words you really need to know. Right. And then and then when that word pops up, all you're going to do is reflect it back to the person who is emotional. You say, you are angry, or you are frustrated, or you are anxious. If you're doing it to yourself, it's the same process. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're going to ignore your self-talk. You're going to pay attention to your emotions and just sit in silence for a moment and just let the emotional experience percolate up into your consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to label it. I am anxious. Mm-hmm. I am mad. I am pissed off. I'm frustrated. I'm annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm irritated. Whatever it might be. And just label yourself. Label your emotion. Mm-hmm. And ignore yourself talking. Just label it. If you do those three things in, in, on taking little, really tiny little baby steps every single day in a matter of weeks, your life will be completely different. You're simply reprogramming your brain. It's that powerful wow. and that fast. That's that's amazing. And um, so just kind of wrapping up here, before I forget, I, I know that you have mentioned, uh, you know, uh, what the five pillars are to empower, for the empowered empath. Can you just kind of touch on that real quick, just for the listeners I, and just kind of go over that? Yeah, let me see if I can remember them all. <laughs> I got it written down. All right, so the first thing you've got to do is you've got to you you have to de- develop discernment. Mm-hmm. You have to develop. Then you have to have uh, and you, and you have to hold on to what is yours and give back that which is not yours. Mm-hmm. You have to stand in your own integrity, mm-hmm. which means that you 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 are going to all. You're not going to try to fix anybody. You're not going to try to change anybody. If you're going to try to fix or change anything, it's going to be you. But the, the, the motive drive of impasse is to fix that which they see is broken because they can see it's broken. That's not being an integrity. You stop that impulse. Uh, and, and that's not always easy. 
because it's a bit, it's been habituated right. that, I mean, where impasse going to there's trouble. Is there, does that, so, you, so we're going to stop. We, we, you've got to be in your integrity. Um, you've got to recognize the difference between your emotions and somebody else's emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's four. And you've got to create emotional safety for yourself. Right. Yes. And, and that, that emotional safety is created by all the other steps. Right. So that you can be in the presence of other human beings who are non-empaths and still be in an emotionally safe place because you you are prepared mm-hmm. for whatever you might feel. Right. Yeah, that's powerful stuff. And so before we take off, just the final question. Um, you know every, everything that's going on in the world today with the pandemic and, and yeah. the stress. Yeah. Now, Politics, as you know, impasse. We're already on the edge as it is, so it's like even like more of a challenge for us. So, in in your opinion, can you just leave us with like just all the impasse? Like, how do you deal with this pandemic and craziness, especially at this time? Is there something that you can just kind of leave us with? uh Well, here's I, I I can tell you maybe maybe this will be helpful. I mean, to me, the pandemic has been a blessing. But I, but I am different. I mean, I live with my wife, who's an empath, mm-hmm. and we live we live in the mountains, so we have we have our own <laughs> distance. So that is really that's beautiful because we don't have anybody living near us, right. so we're not picking stuff up. But take this time of isolation mm-hmm. and use it to your advantage. Right. You know, you don't have to connect with people. The, the, this is giving you a time. I, for example, we've got the Thanksgiving holiday coming up in a couple of uh, a week, and. We had invited a bunch of people, friends, to come, and now we're telling them stay away. Right. We're going to use the holiday as an excuse for being in isolation, hmm. and and for impasse, that can be a very powerful tool. Mm-hmm. You know, where where you yeah, and you've got a great excuse: the pandemic. You know, you don't want people in your home. <laughs> you don't want to go visiting family over over the holidays because you're going to get sick. So so just tell people I've got to isolate. I'm ta- choosing safety first, and that will give you the opportunity mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks to just yeah. be by yourself or be with your partner. Yeah. If hopefully you have a good rela- and a good relationship, and be with your partner and just take the time to relax, and maybe do some of these exercises, and and don't and, and stay don't go out, don't get on Zoom, <laughs> don't you know don't stay interact off with the people. social just media. Read a- <laughs> Stay off social media. My goodness, media. that causes stress and PTSD as itself. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Although I'll give you a quick tip about, I know we're getting to the end here, but social media. Supposing you're on Facebook and somebody sends some snarky comment to you or oh, something. Oh, God. It ru- reflect ru- my week. <laughs> no, here's how to deal with it. Use what I've told you. Reflect back their emotions. Mm-hmm. They make some snarky content. All you're going to do is say you feel really disrespected. You don't feel listened mm-hmm. to. You're really angry. You're pissed off. You feel very frustrated and you feel completely unappreciated. Yeah. Something like that. And you type that in. You'll never hear from them again. <laughs> I'm serious. I do this. I get these snarky content uh, comments, you know, on my social media, especially on YouTube. And, man, I just affect label what I see. Text, phone, phone text, too, works the same way. They'll go away. So if somebody texts you with a upsetting stuff, don't respond to the text. Respond to their emotions. Mm-hmm. It will calm you down so fast you won't believe it. Yeah, the, Quick, easy, simple tool. These are very, very imperative for empaths. I hope you guys are listening. Um, 
you know, Doug, you, you have a wealth of knowledge. Um, before I take off, can you just tell us where we can find you and just maybe throw out your website or your social? Yeah, two websites. Two websites will really be okay. helpful for just for basic stuff about empath, empath.help. Okay. Empath.help. For learning more about how to listen to emotions at a more at a foundation level, DougNoel.com. D-O-U-G. And those two websites have got tons of posts and blogs and free resources and all kinds of stuff where you can learn more about your empathic sensitivity. Empath.help is more about that. DougNoel.com is going to tell, teach you about emotional competency and how to de-escalate angry people using these same basic skills. Mm -hmm. So we come at it from two different angles. Yeah. Very important, especially for empaths during these harsh times. Doug, it's been a pleasure having you on this podcast. Thank you, Raj. You're always welcome back. If you you know if you want to talk about some other empath stuff, you, your wealth of knowledge, you have the background. <laughs> um, so yeah, definitely, I'll keep in contact with you. So thanks again. Absolutely. Yep. Okay, Raj. Have a great day. All right, you too. All right, guys, that does it for this episode. If you can. Uh, Hop on over to the Apple iTunes. Let me know how I'm doing. It really helps me out bringing more guests like uh, Doug on the show. So with that said, we are out. You're listening to the On Call Empath.